one of my mentors, who's my 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 cousin, who's a senior vice president at AstraZeneca Pharmaceuticals, always gave me the advice to take the harder job, to challenge yourself and to take the harder job. Um, and you know, I was the type of person that was not, uh, you know, not fulfilled and just kind of staying in one role. I wanted to try to be the biggest tree that I could be. And so I've always had the philosophy of taking the harder job, taking the harder assignment, you know, you know, being the guy that, that takes on, uh, the biggest challenge, focusing on, you know, how do I create the most value for the business and, uh, you know, and how can I create the most value for our customers and, and putting our, you know, the customers and the business and then myself uh, in terms of priority. And, you know, that, that strategy has really kind of driven my ability to succeed in different positions. And then, um, and then it, you know, became clear that, that I was, uh, you know, capable of, you know, leading at a senior level. And, and I, uh, I went after it with everything I had. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. So Chris, well, thank you so much uh, for for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I know uh, we were just talking on the phone beforehand and just how crazy busy you've been, and we'll get into that and why. Um, you know, the success of the business that you've 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 been growing over the last eight years with your your partners and incredible people you have in your organization. Uh, so welcome to our uh, uh, Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Hi, thanks, Chris. It's nice to see you. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, Chris, tell me what you were like before our program, the Student Works Management Program. Sure, sure. I was, uh, I was, a, I was a young man that loved sports, uh, valued friendships uh, and family, but I was, you know, a little confused about the direction I wanted to take in my educate education in my career, like a lot of young people uh, at that stage in their life. Uh, I really didn't really have any true mentorship or people that I was surrounding myself with that that were uh, you know were like minded um, as I would define it today. Uh, right. you know, they're typically just people I went to high school with and played sports with. All great, really nice people. A lot of them still good friends today, but but not really kind of aligned with uh, you know with where with where my career would end up going. Awesome, and, awesome. Related to my life goals, so. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I was at. Okay, and what was your biggest frustration as a teenager before you got started in the business? For me, it was uh, when I graduated high school. Um, I wanted to go to university, but my family didn't have the financial resources to support that effort. Uh, so right. Take a year off between school, uh, between high school and university, and work so that I could save enough money to pay for the first year. So I went out and I got a full time job you know, assembling furniture and delivering like really heavy furniture into people's houses for my right. factory. And you know, after years, after a year of you know, working 60 hours a week, I was able to kind of save up enough money for that first year of school. I, I registered for uh, the psychology course um, and uh, really not knowing what I wanted to do with my career. Uh, there were, you know, lots of rumors of, many attractive women in that program. So I signed up for that. And uh, 
and, and really not having more clear direction than that at that point. Uh, but uh, a, third, a third of the way through that school year, um, it became clear to me that I was going to, you know, I was going to come close to running out of money before the year was going to be done. And right. was, I didn't really have any clear line of sight to how I would make enough money during the summer to pay for the next year of school. So I was really kind of devastated in a situation where I thought it was going to take me eight years to complete a four-year degree, given I'd have to work, take a year off between each year of school to make enough money. Right. So, so, um, and, you know, I didn't really like psychology as it turns out. And there were only moments when I was sitting in class considering, you know, just, you know, quitting university after my first year and went and getting a job at the Honda factory in Alston with a lot where a lot of my friends had kind of gone after high school. Then uh, one day I was kind of sitting in a classroom in a boring psychology class and a clipboard came around requesting people to sign up for an information session and uh, uh, for the summer management program and I, I, where you'd learn to run a business and make some money and, uh, and, uh, and make, make what seemed to be enough money to, to help me with my financial dilemma. So, uh, so I signed up and, you know, to be honest, I'd kind of define that moment as the TSM turning point in my, in my young, you know, adult life. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that was my biggest frustration, but that was really kind of alleviated through the program. I went to training, I was really nervous, you know, but after a few days, I was just really impressed with what I'd learned. And, and uh, you know, really blown away by all the amazing people that I met and went on to, you know, become, the, I think, the rookie of the year that summer and earn enough money to pay for a new car and put myself through the next year of school. And, and uh, you know, kind of most importantly, really gained a lot of, you know, mentorship and leadership that, that helped clarify and solidify my passion in life uh, for business. So... So I think, you know, really the, the biggest frustration was really not knowing what I wanted to do, really not having the right people around me to help me, you know, uh, figure that out. And then not having the financial resources to, in a plan to get the right, you know, amount of cash to be able to fund my way through school. So, so um, you know, the decision to join the program really brought all of those things to me. And I went back to school, changed my business to a uh, major to uh uh, my, my major to business and you know, never really looked back after that. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so, so usually we don't speak a lot about our operators, um, you know, our alumni back during their operator years, but I did want to talk, I know you had a really unique opportunity um, that you created uh, around a project with Canada waste management. And a lot of times people say, well, what's the biggest job we ever, we ever got in the business. And, and you, you, you got that job. And so it'd be, it, I, I know a bunch of our, of our, uh, you know, so imagine here's a, here's a 19 year old or, or 20 year old student. Um, and, uh, you know, why don't you tell the story of Canada Waste Management, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. So I was in, uh, I was, I was actually, you know, in a McDonald's drive through line, uh, getting some breakfast after I had set up my cruise for the morning. And uh, I would, and I, and I was reading the, you know, in the, in the old days, instead of having digital screens, they had like the newspaper stand there with the newspaper. I looked over on the front page and it talked about the whole waste management action acquisition of Miller and 
and uh, BFI. And on the page, I was just seeing the bins were green for waste management, like all the garbage bins were green and then the other ones were blue and brown and it just clicked in my head. I'm like, geez, these guys need to paint all these bins green. They need to rebrand all of these things. So I did some research and I went to, uh, to uh, the operations center for waste management in, in Barrie, which is where my, my student uh, painting market was. And I basically found out who the decision maker was. His name, his name was Ted, he was a director of operations. He happened to be the director of operations for all of Ontario. Um, and uh, I sat outside his office for basically, you know, three quarters of a day, just kind of checking in with his assistant. And eventually at the end of the day, the guy said, I understand you've been sitting here all day. I'm going to give you five minutes. So, so with five minutes, I pitched him on a, on a better way to uh, rebrand his assets in the field. And that was more productive and more efficient than him picking them up on trucks and bringing them. Um, so, uh, so he he was impressed with the with the return on investment and the cost savings. So I uh, was able to get a small pilot project, which we executed very well, and ended up growing the program to all of the bins within the kind of Barry, Aurelia, Collingwood, Wasaga Beach area in the first year, and then. Um, and then, uh, you know, by executing that well, earned the right to ask for the business for the balance, pretty much of uh, of Ontario. So, uh, so yeah, we painted, you know, tens of thousands of garbage cans essentially. But it was a lot of fun, and we made a lot of money. Yeah, no, I think it was the the project was over three hundred thousand dollars, as I recall, maybe four hundred thousand dollars multi year uh, project, and and as I recall as well, like. There was a five times or six times savings, uh, you know, that we were able to deliver, and they were able to rebrand um, the uh, their 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 business way faster than any other market in North America because of a young guy by the name of Chris O'Rourke. So pretty pretty neat. It was it was it was an excellent uh, excellent program. I learned a lot from that. Uh, yes, a lot from that opportunity. Yeah, no, I, I certainly, I certainly did, and, and certainly understood that really we shouldn't be rebranding uh, bins. Uh, but, but it was, it was a fantastic, uh, real stretch of our organizational uh, capacity. It was, it was, it was uh, really, really a massive, massive undertaking. So, um, so, so, you know, what do you, what do you still rely on from the program, Chris? Lots of, lots of things, right? You learn a lot of fundamental skills in the program. Um, and you've got that stage in your life where you're really, you know, you think you know it all, but you're really quite, you know, uh, you really, really just don't. And you're, you're still in a position where you can be molded and, and, and guided in on, onto you know, basic skills. So, so uh, a, a lot of the stuff I, I, I learned, I use and apply every day, but, but to name a few things specifically, uh, you know, time management, obviously work ethic, Know, leadership skills, how to manage, train, and develop people, uh, project management, cost management, importance on focusing on uh, importance of, of focusing on driving production efficiencies to optimize gross margins. Uh, but you know, the the thing I, I'd say was most important is the network of amazing people that I I met um, in the organization. I can't tell you how many of the friends and colleagues that I met through the program that have gone off to be wildly successful. It's like this melting pot of successful people, which is fantastic. 
So, uh, you know, without being, you know, a perfect example is that um, without being involved in the program, I never would have met kind of world-class business relationships that I have today and my partners today. You know, I would never, never would have met those fine gentlemen without, without the relationships and network I established in this program. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I know, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about your career progress. I know just for our, for our young leaders, Chris came and, and, and stayed with us uh, for, uh, I think it was five or six years as an operator and as a district manager was one of our most successful ever district managers. If you look at, you know, sort of inflation adjusted results and, and developed just an amazing team of people had a, had had incredible return uh, rates of his people, and a, and a bunch of those people are some of the people he talks about. Uh, you know, just in developing those amazing relationships, they've they've stayed lifelong friends, and and uh, um, and so so. Why don't you share about you know what did you do post uh, post student student works your first first role? Yeah, so uh, after student works, I uh, got a general manager role. I went to Canon. Um, so selling office equipment where I was, uh, I joined in their commercial division. Then I got uh, kind of promoted to, to, to key accounts and uh, ended up getting the rookie of the year and then kind of, you know, top performer uh, within that division uh, across, across North America, which was, which was fun. Yeah, no. And, and, and so when you think about, um, you know, was, was that a pretty good development role, Chris, in terms of uh, post, post student works at the time? Yeah, it was excellent. It was excellent. And actually, you know, getting that job, a big part of, of what set me aside um, was, uh, was my participation in this, in this program. And I remember actually being, there's a, a guy that was in charge of the entire division and he was, came in for a, a training session. And would go through and went through, you know, a discussion around some of the books that he had read, and I kind of, you know, stood out from uh, from the other people in that class, and then ultimately got highlighted as a getting a better territory, a better, you know, a better opportunity right out of that training program uh, because of some of the the knowledge that I shared from what I had learned at the program. So he was very impressed by that and kind of put me on a different path right out of the gate, which was fantastic. Right. And for our young leaders, you know, that's one of the most important things is when you join organizations, you join with your past history. So you join. And when you're a top performer, a lot of times you're literally people are expecting you to perform and go, wow, this guy, this young person is really going to rip it. And and as a result, they set you up for success even that much more. Right. Like there's just right. no question. Um and and so then you you jump to uh, you know the healthcare business uh, and 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 you know tell us more about that. Yeah, so I was recruited out of uh, out of Canon by a headhunter um, at uh, Tyco Healthcare. So I went went to uh, Tyco Healthcare. I worked for uh, U.S. Surgical and their Bally Lab division, um, selling uh, medical devices, specifically you know vessel fusion technology within the operating room. Um, had a great time, went through a very extensive training program, and uh, you know, it was very financially rewarding. And uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was just a great, you know, great overall experience and really kind of uh, solidified my experience in selling very large you know, strategic accounts of high revenue volumes. Right, right, and 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 so for our for our young leaders as well is is you know what Chris shared is is you know again a year or two after Canon headhunters are approaching them what about this and here's one of the best 
literally the best sales opportunities in the world is in is in healthcare, right? Like, you know, the, the, the margins are great. You need really amazing people to be able to deal with the incredibly well-educated and tough to deal with doctors um, <laughs> to be able to, and, and administrations to be able to sell. So, so getting recruited in that space was really quite, quite amazing. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, and so where'd you choose to go uh, next, Chris? So from there, um, we I just I had the entrepreneurial bug burning inside of me. So I, uh, you know, resigned from my highly lucrative, <laughs> highly medical paid device, medical device uh, position, and uh, you know went and kind of uh, started and 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 participated in growing and leading a uh, business called New Image in partnership with uh, with Home Depot. So, which was uh, which was a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we we took uh, we took you know we took the business to um, you know, one of the top performing businesses in terms of growth in in, in Canada and was was kind of uh, you know ranked accordingly, and uh, and we grew the business uh, you know close to twenty million dollars over four years, which was three and a half years, which was fantastic. Yeah. So as I recall, the numbers 300,000 to 26 million, you know, and uh, you were, you were uh, one of the key, key drivers in making that happen. I remember you recruiting a whole bunch of people from, from student works to make that happen and, and, and driving the, the incredible growth and, uh, and, and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, growth of that business. Yeah. So, so, and I know you jumped then to another, um, you know, Home Depot related business, and why don't you share what 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 you did there, Chris? Yeah, so the essentially what our customer, our primary customer, he was the head of the whole uh, Home Depot services program in Canada. Uh, he reported directly to the, the CEO of Home Depot. Um, uh, he uh, went on to be the COO of an affiliate organization called ISO, and uh, and I went to work with uh, work with him as the uh, Kind of vice president of sales and business development, where we you know grew that business from 22 million to 48 million over kind of three and a half years. So very rapid growth. Um, you know, frankly, we leveraged a lot of the relationships in our recruiting strategy from the student pro student uh, student works program. We had uh, you know a lot of the people that we hired on the sales team and in different roles actually came from that program and. And with uh, with that team, we we grew the business from 22 to kind of 48 million, highly wildly successful. Um, you know, from there, um, I uh, you know I went into uh, into a into a business through a relationship um, with one of my good friends that I'd established throughout the the uh, the student uh, the summer management program. His his name was uh, his Rob his name was Rob Friday, and his uh, his dad was. Was uh, and, and and Rob were highly connected to some other individuals that went to Ivy and and uh, we got together and they had just acquired a business called uh, called You See It at the time and had uh, about 25 employees about eight years ago and uh, and I joined as the head of sales and business development for that group and then over the last eight years we've grown that business up to 700 employees. From a valuation of 14 million to 175 million, and uh, and it's been you know, a fantastic run. Wow, that's fantastic! Hey, leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, 
every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So why don't you describe um, to our leaders just what you see it now it's really called stealth monitoring, I guess. It's been rebranded and what what the business does for people. Yeah, so it's a uh, live video monitoring uh, security technology business that we essentially use an advanced form of, of video analytics uh, and combine that with you know, human intelligence within our monitoring stations uh, to replace security guards with live video monitoring technology, um, providing them, you know, better tools to manage risk, mitigate liability, you know, along with, you know, better security at a, at a, at a fraction of the cost of a, an on-site guard. So, so it's, uh, it's one of the fastest growing segments within the security industry as a whole, and we're the fastest growing player and the largest player in that market globally at this point. So, so we went from having one office in Toronto to we now have 14 offices across Canada and the United States. Uh, we, 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 you know, our growth initially started with expanding to Ottawa, then to, then to Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, you know, we did Prairies, the Maritimes, and then we went to Seattle. We did all that through an organic growth strategy. And then we looked uh, south across the border and decided that an acquisition of one of our uh, competitors was the right market entrance strategy. So we acquired a company called Stealth um, and uh, we integrated those two companies back in uh, November of 2017. That's I actually moved to the US to, to, uh, to lead that process and to lead the growth of, uh, of our business throughout the United States. And uh, now we operate in all 52 states and uh, you know we've we, we've increased the value of our company by I'd say roughly hundred million dollars in, in three years through that strategy. So it's really been really been an, an effective uh, effective uh, journey. And uh, we rebranded to Stealth. Uh, even though we you see it acquired Stealth, we rebranded to Stealth basically because we like the Stealth name more. We thought it was more widely accepted in in the larger marketplace. So. Well, that, that's the story. Yeah. Well, and I never knew why you rebranded. So that's great. Uh, so, and I do like the stealth name. It's a great, it's a great brand, you know? So, uh, so yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, so I know, um, you know, uh, you know, one of the things um, we we're just on the phone, just talking about, like, literally I've been trying to get Chris on our podcast for I don't know, six, eight months. And, and, and by the way, Chris is also just, you know, to, to note, we're really tight. We're really close friends on top of, you know, having the long lasting relationship um, in the business. And, and it's just been so tough because his schedule has been so crazy. And so why don't you describe really what's going on for our leaders when you really reach the, the, you know, and, and again, it's, I, I don't necessarily, it's the pinnacle, but it, it you know, to grow your business over a hundred million dollars in net value over three years, not many businesses 
you know, ever do that. Like if there's just a segment of a segment of a segment of businesses have that type of success. So what's really been going on in terms of, of what has really amped the amount of the, the amount of time and energy in your business? Yeah, it's really been um, a, a really keen focus on market accelerators. Um, we've we've identified we worked with McKinsey Consulting to identify, you know, what the market opportunity was and to stage and size the market into and categorize the market into what we would call core and secondary verticals. Um, that brought a lot of clarity to our strategy around what our kind of core verticals are, what our secondary verticals are. Core verticals are verticals that we're going to focus on investing significantly in, and uh, and had the right kind of you know economics and unit economics to support investing heavily heavily within those verticals, and then secondary verticals are verticals that we are kind of incubating and and investing in from a business development perspective and hoping to bring into core uh, you know over over a period of a couple of years. So so that that clarity in strategy as well as uh, being now in a larger marketplace, having expanded from Canada to the United States, um, drove a you know extremely intense um, uh, draw you know motivation to invest extensively and to grow the team extensively. So so if you look at the headcount in our company growth, um, you know by year, you know from you know 38 to 700, um, you know majority of that came in the last kind of few years. So. So uh, because we executed that strategy very successfully, uh, we did it better than anybody else in our space. Um, we clearly established ourselves as the market leaders and um, we, we went to market to you know, sell a portion of the company, primarily to change out some existing investors and to bring some new investors that had a common uh, you know, investment uh, thesis or philosophy. Uh, and. Uh, and, and also would provide the resources to be able to take our our, our strategy to the next level. So, so that entire you know the result of gaining that uh, you know that credibility in the marketplace led to the ability to attract you know world class uh, you know private equity uh, resources. So uh, we've now uh, partnered with Twin Point Capital and uh, who who are you know extremely uh, successful. Uh, investors and, and, and incredible partners, and um, and we're looking very much forward to, you know, to growing the business, you know, wildly with them over over the coming years. Awesome, awesome. Well, very exciting, Chris. And and I know one of the things um, uh, that a lot of our leaders face coming out of this program is is kind of the difference between something you're really good at and you are unbelievable at sales. And then something also you're really good at, which is leadership and management. And and so, you know, in some ways you do both, but really it's it's you're more around leadership and management and strategy than sales. How did you decide, you know, because you had the opportunity to just do incredibly well, um, you know, in, in sales. And, you you know, you, you took a lot of risk to sort of, you know, find a role that that you could really um you know, uh, take, take to the next level in, in management. And so how did you look at that? And how did you, how did you make those decisions over, over, you know, your, your career so far, Chris? Um, one of my, uh, one of my mentors, who's my, my, my cousin, who's a senior vice president at AstraZeneca pharmaceuticals always gave me the advice to take the harder job to challenge yourself 
and to take the harder job. Um, and and you know, I was the type of person that was not uh, you know not fulfilled and just kind of staying in one role. I wanted to try to be the biggest tree that I could be. And um, and so I've always had the philosophy of taking the harder job, taking the harder assignment. You know, you know, being the guy that that takes on uh, the biggest challenge. You know, focusing on you know how do I create the most value for the business, and 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 uh, you know, and how can I create the most value for our customers, and, and putting our you know our, the customers and the business and then myself uh, in terms of priority. And, right. And you know that that strategy has really kind of driven my ability to succeed in different positions, and then. Um, and then it, you know, became clear that that I was, uh, you know, capable of, of, you know, leading at a senior level, and and I uh, I went after it with everything I had. Yeah. No, you certainly have. You certainly have. No, it's uh, it's great. You know, and and again, it's it, you know, to me, it kind of, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, life could have been pretty simple for you and made a whole bunch of money and a lot of golf days and stuff, but you know, you chose to have that harder course, you know what I mean? And, and that, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, uh, life isn't necessarily great just because it's simple and you got all your needs met. A lot of times that's, that's not so, not so, uh, uh, so powerful, you know, and really when you look at personal growth and contribution, that those things actually make us way happier. Right. And that's one of the things I really sense about you, you know, Chris is, you know, just enormous personal growth over the decades I've known you. And then also just contribution and really being, you know, make, uh, really making a commitment to your partners and your customers and, and that you feel good every day. Right. You know, going, hey, I'm contributing to my partners. I'm contributing to my customers. And um, there's a really great feeling going to bed, although you're exhausted. <laughs> you're right. That's true. <laughs> So, so what about, what about mistakes or failures? You know, uh, what, 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 what are some of those and how did you learn from them, Chris? Um, you know, there, I think, I think a lot of the, like, I think, uh, earlier in my career, I, uh, I was a little bit, I actually got the name or nickname you know, Pitbull or Bulldog a little bit too, uh, too aggressive, which, which, you know, played well in the sales roles, but once I started to progress in more senior roles in the organization, I needed to develop a higher level of emotional intelligence and uh, and uh, as painful as it was, a higher level of humility. And, <laughs> and um, you know, so I think that in, in some of the mistakes I made were around, around uh, you know, people and, and, you know, having maybe some, some you know, less than ideal behavior uh, in certain situations that uh, where I would not have displayed as much humility. Um, being humble as a leader is, is, a, is a very important trait. And I, I definitely kind of learned that the hard way in, in certain circumstances. Yeah, no, I see that. And I, I can't agree more. So, uh, so if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, what advice would you give them, Chris? Um, Number one, be clear that it's going to take a lot of hard work to succeed. Uh, don't kid yourself. It's not just going to be a layup. Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Uh, surround yourself with, uh, with mentors that can help guide and, uh, and help you avoid landmines. Um, don't compare or sorry, don't compromise on the quality of people that you bring into your team. 
Uh, one of the greatest blessings in life as an entrepreneur is that you get to decide who you work with. So take that seriously and decide well. You yeah. utilize the right tools. We use we use a lot of psychometric uh, profiling. We do a lot of work around planning around team dynamics and putting the right mixture of people together. So I think that that's also really important. Um, you know, understanding that true leadership is the ability to accomplish great things through people, not but as an individual. So mm -hmm. build the best team possible and make sure that you maintain crystal clear role and organizational clarity through that process. Um, you know, do what you love and love what you do. The work won't feel like work if you're if you're having fun. I told you the story of kind of all night work sessions with our partners yeah. and you know uh, fire drills through the in investor process where we're literally working thirty or forty hours straight. Uh, yeah. We had fun every minute of that time because as a team, we were just achieving a goal. It was tiring, but it was fun, which is crazy, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> um, you know, maintaining humility at all times. Uh, be radically transparent with your, with your people, with all the people in your life. Um, you know, maintain radical open-mindedness to new ideas and new concepts, new ways of doing things. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for us, we, we do this on a we have to avoid this on a on a daily basis is avoiding the trap of established demand um, and really focus on bringing unique services that that uh, satisfy emerging needs in the market not existing needs somebody's typically already figured that out so so uh you know those would be the pieces of advice that i give to someone well that's great that's great and i again you know, and again i just love you know again when you're working with really great people it doesn't feel like work. And, and certainly that's something that I, I find, right? And obviously yep. we worked together a long, long time. And I know, uh, by the way, I was, I was Chris's district manager too for a number of years, and then he worked directly with me. So we have, we have a, a real bond of working really, really hard for many, many years. And again, it's just, it's just fun. And, and that picking people who you get to work with, like, you know, like when you're, when you're again, running your own business, or again, you're senior in a business, like Chris isn't quote unquote running his own business. The business is way too too, too worth too much money for for any one person to own likely anyhow so it's owned by a whole bunch of people and chris is one of those partners uh and equity equity members and and again having that opportunity to really again shape the environment that you're working in so that you're working with people again you respect they respect you they respect what you, you're trying to do it's just such a great great way to do business you know where where work given that you're going to spend so much time doing it why don't you spend time uh with great people that you really like so, um, so, so Chris, what about, you know, you know, as, as you went from being a teenager or university student to where you are now a value creator in the world, what, what did you need to change about yourself? I really just needed to learn. I had a lot of fundamental skills that I learned from the, the, the summer management program. Um, but I really needed to just learn the new businesses that I was operating in, how they functioned, uh, learned to learn the actual, you know, business itself learn the market. Um, and then, you know, there's a, you know, different skill sets I had to develop as I started to progress into, into leadership roles. But, but um, from going directly from, uh, you know, school slash the summer management program into, um, into the full time world, I was extremely well prepared. And that level of preparedness that I received uh, a lot of, uh, a lot through the, the, the student uh, works program, um, you know, set me aside when it came or set me above and beyond uh, my peers 
and uh, and that's how I was able to have such quick success and you know being the top performer in Canada or top performer in North America in every job that I did. Um, I, I really have a lot of uh, I have I really have to give a lot of that credit to the skills and the development that I had while I was going to school. Um, you know, I think that's a lot of my friends would go to the work at the golf course or go work at a bar or you know, get a, a job in the summer. And, uh, you know, by, by taking this, you know, taking on this, this program, you are you know, accepting the opportunity to develop yourself at a faster pace than the rest of the people uh, that you go to school. And, you know, that, that investment in time and development really paid off once I hit the market. Awesome. Awesome. And so if, if one, someone wanted to do what you do, uh, what key habits would they want to steal from you? So work ethic is a big one. Um, you know, time management is a big one. Um, you know, continual, uh, you know, personal development uh, and self-reflection. I'm somebody that always habitually will seek feedback and understand how situations went. The ability to or the habit of uh, just being very prepared um, making sure that you're 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 always doing the due diligence and in preparing for situations that you may encounter um, you know uh, doing what you say uh, the four referability habits which I'm sure you know if you've joined this program Chris will teach you uh, are big uh, are, are a big big a uh, big function of, of what I do um, you know, seek first to understand, then to be understood is a big habit. Um, to make sure that you're you're being a good listener and really understanding the problems uh, that uh, that that people encounter. You know, Einstein once said that if you if he had fifty uh, one minute to solve the world's largest problem, he would spend fifty nine seconds defining it and one second solving it. So so you know that type of rational thinking is a, is a, is a habit that I think is also important. So I think that's pretty much my comment on that, Chris. Yeah, no. Well, Chris, you know, it's interesting because so often people see uh, their mindset about really top salespeople. And literally, you are one of the, 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 the best salespeople we've ever had. And oh, and just to speak to that as well, one thing just to sort of shower some more praise on Chris. But Chris actually came back from Canon and he brought all sorts of extra sales tools. You know, we had a program that we taught and um, where our average salesperson used to sell in the 40 to 50%, and now it's over 60 to 70%, you know, uh, and, and it's because of the things that Chris brought back to sort of just ramp up our sales just that, that much more. And, and one of the biggest things is, you know, really being better listeners, better questioners. And I know one thing, one thing that in a social setting, when Chris is with new people, Although he's got lots to say, trust me, lots of stories, lots of Chris stories, and they're, they're, they're fun, but he'll watch and he'll listen and he'll just kind of just see, hey, what's going on here before he digs in. And it's a really great, it's a really great habit. Um, and it's something that, again, you know, we should all, again, seek first to understand and then to be understood is just such a great uh, principle to live your life by. So, um, and, and will help you in your relationships for sure. So. Um, so our one final question, Chris, um, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? The leader of tomorrow, um, somebody that is, is focused, it's driven, uh, puts people first, understands that, 
The customers are the ones that make the decision, the application or use of products and services, and that they put the, you know, they, they model their business model, they model their approach, their processes, their systems, their people strategy, uh, their operational strategy, their customer service strategy around serving the customer and putting the customer first. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you very much for spending time out of the, uh, you know, all the stuff that you're doing. And uh, we really appreciate you having on the podcast. All right. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. Okay. Cheers. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. I am super excited to be bringing you just an incredible, incredible man. Um, Chris O'Rourke has been uh, a real standout operator, standout district manager, standout in everything that he's done um, in his in his life since he uh, we we bumped into him back in the day at Brock University, and so he's going to share on this podcast how he sold the biggest job ever in the history of uh, the Student Works Management Program, a project over four hundred thousand dollars that ran over a couple seasons, and share the backstory to that and how he made that happen and helped lead that and develop that. He's also going to share the project that he's working on now, You See It, and Stealth Monitoring, where they're, when he joined the business eight years ago, approximately eight years ago, the business was valued at $14 million, and it's gone to over $180 million and is the fastest growing business in their segment and one of the fastest growing areas of the economy right now, which is, um, which is security. And uh, he's going to share what he's been doing there with just an incredible group of people that he actually got connected to because of the connections that he made at uh, the, the, the Student Works Management Program. Uh, Chris has been incredibly successful as a salesperson, literally in a number of organizations, recognized as the best salesperson right across North America. I highly recommend listening to the full podcast. Um, and uh, he just is, has so much to say and so much to share. So, and I, I want you to sort of think about um, if you know someone who wants to be, um, have an enormous future, an enormous career, something like what Chris is doing, something what Chris has done over the last 20 years. And if you know, please send them to me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Um, if you're listening and thinking, wow, I really want something extra in my life and really want to do something above the normal student jobs, again, please reach out to us. I know you're going to love this podcast. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic day. Hey, leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.